Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Alright, let's um, get into the Word. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we read again on the subject of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read again from verse 1 to 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. He goes on to say, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit walks all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, I want us to read verse 7 again before we get into what we want to talk about today. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit or for the profit of all. And as we begin to live our lives and, uh, as believers, one of the things I'm realizing daily is that uh, we're becoming more rational in our approach to God. We're becoming more um, sense-minded. What that means is we want to rationalize everything. We just want everything to make sense. You see, but one of the things that that does to us is that it cuts us off from the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, we must be careful because this is what I found out. You know, one of the most difficult things for a child of, for not the child of God, one of the most difficult things for human beings is to maintain balance. Okay? So we have people who are on the extreme. Everything is spirit, 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 spirit. Okay? Um, and then we have people who say, no, we, we, can, we can actually 
look at the word of God. We can give a defense to the word of God. We can interpret the scriptures. Then what are you going to find about those people? Then they are just word, 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 no spirit. Now, Kenneth Hagin said, if you are only the spirit, you will blow up. And he says, if you're only the word, you will dry up. He says, but if you are the word and the spirit, you will grow up. I'll say that again. He says, if you are only focused on the spirit, you will blow up. If you are only focused on the word, you will dry up. But if you're in the word and the spirit, you will grow up. The things that we're learning in this couple of weeks contend for them in your life separate yourself to see the manifestation of the spirit of God at work in your life praise God let's not oh okay it's fine I understand this now no this is not about understanding it alone this is about giving room for them to be at work in your life so today we'll just talk about the gift of the working of miracles under the power gift. We talked about faith. We talked about healings, the gifts of healings. We're talking about the gift of the working of miracles. Now, somehow in the power gift, they are almost intertwined. Some of the gift you see in the working of miracles, you're going to see like the gift of faith at work. Now, some of the gifts of the working of miracles, you might likely see operations of healings at work. Now, the basic difference is this, um, the, the, the working of miracles goes beyond healing of the body. The working of miracles goes beyond just what? The healing of the body. So it is not just about bodily healing. It goes beyond that. As we begin to look at the scriptures, you'll see that. Now, the word miracles there is the Greek word dunamis, dunamis. So the word miracle actually means uh, dynamis or literally powers. Powers, which is the act of demonstrating the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the King James Version, it is translated as miracles. And nine times in the New Testament, it is translated as mighty works or mighty deeds. The same word is translated as mighty works or mighty deeds. It's translated that way in the New Testament. And you'll find that uh, within the New Testament 13 times translated as mighty works or mighty deeds. I'll give you four examples. Number one, in Matthew 13 verse 54, it talks about the wisdom of Jesus and these mighty works. Let's put that up quickly. Matthew 13, verse 54, it talks about the wisdom of Jesus Christ and these mighty works. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? So it is translated there as mighty works. Um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, that same word is translated as um, miracles. The same word is translated as miracles. Acts 2, 22, 
men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles. That's the word there, miracles. That's the word there. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, when Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, when Paul was teaching about the signs of an apostle, he talked about mighty deeds. Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and what? Mighty deeds. Remember the phrase we're looking for, right? Mighty deeds or what? Mighty works. Those are the expression of the gifts of the working of miracles. Okay. Praise God. Now, in Hebrews, uh, Galatians 3.5, Paul references that when he talks about he that ministered the spirit. He that ministered the spirit and walketh miracles. And walketh miracles. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. Okay, he who supplies and walks miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So that word there also is translated as what? The working of miracles or he that worketh miracles. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. It's translated as diverse miracles. Hebrews 2, 4 is translated as God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles. So if you follow some of the scripture we've read, you will, you will see that there's a distinction between signs, wonders, and miracles. So, uh, but I don't want to go into that. It says, according to his own will. One of the emphasis I like picking up exactly from Hebrews chapter 2 is the fact that these things have to be by the will of God. That's very important. These are not things that we just turn on and off by our own desires. These things are what? By the will of God. There is a collaboration, there is a partnership between God and man, but it originates from God. It is God that initiates the process. It is God that starts it. Praise the name of the Lord. So you cannot just get up to there and say, well, I want to walk miracles. No, it's the Lord that enables us to do that. Now, uh, there are five groups of miracles that you would likely find in Scripture. Five groups of miracles. So, I think one of the Areas, when we, when we talk about this, then it might be a bit clearer for some of you. But I think somewhere people have confusion is what then is the difference between miracles and healings? Okay? That sometimes that confusion can come. But like I said before, healing, healing is somehow restricted just to the human body. But miracles, it's more than the human body. So... I'll give you an example of what a miracle is, even though it is within the context of healing. Um, if you read church history, there's what you call the voice of healing revival. It was actually um, the administrator or the most prominent person who wrote a lot about that revival was a man by the name of Gordon Lindsay. Now, Gordon Lindsay wrote a lot of books about the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, especially because he was writing a lot and publishing certain books 
um, 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 for the Voice of Healing Revival. They, they used to have what you call Christ for the Nations, not, not the Rehad Bonke, Christ for the Nations. And then after his wife, Freda Lindsay, took over the, the organization. But they used to document a lot about the Voice of Healing. If you read some of Kenneth Higgins' book, you will see him mention the name of um, Gordon Lindsay. Now, there was a guy called Robert. In 19, um, 1952... At the Dallas Voice of Healing Conference, the, the child, he was a very young boy then, he had like a wire pierced his eyes. And so his mother brought the boy to that um, Dallas convention in 1952. There was a lady there, and the lady was called Evangelist Kilbuck. She was one ministry, and she sought the boy and you know, laid hands on the boy. Now, before then, before then, they had taken the boy to the hospital and they couldn't treat the boy, had his eye problem, so they put in a plastic, like eye, just plastic eyes on, on his eyes just to cover that spot, just to make sure that there was something in the eye, so it was plastic. So, uh, the lady came in, of course, he didn't know what had gone on and all that, but just covered that the eye was not <laughs> the way everybody's eye was, you know, if you have plastic eyes. All right, so he laid hands on the boy, and then the healing power of God, the miracle-working power of God came upon the boy. And then the boy started seeing. Now, that's where the miracle is. Because the first place was that stuff was plastic, so it shouldn't, it shouldn't work. Right, it was not just healing, it was what? It was miracles. Now, it was carried by the Tulsa newspaper, it was carried all over that time. As of 19... About 1965, thereabout, the boy became one of, one of the evangelists preaching and, you know, declaring the good news of God. That was, a care, that was a clear case that although it happened in the human body, it was not just a healing, it was a miracle. What's the difference? Because that stuff was plastic. It wasn't the human body. Now... And the reason I'm saying this is because when you begin to also come into the realms of the working of miracles, some things don't just make sense. I know for some of you now, hmm, it's a lie. Let them try it. That's the point. Do you understand? Because again, these things are supernatural interventions of God that break sometimes the law of nature. Praise God. So you've had people, for instance, who've had hip replacements and got metals there or some stuff, sort of metals to keep their back straight or something, and then the miracle-working power of God comes, and the place is healed, and it's set for the metal, and the metal is no more. Now, that's a miracle. That's not just the healing. It's not just the recovery of the body. Praise the name of the Lord. It is supernatural because, number one, for that to happen, they had to take the metal out and then fix the place. So, these are dimensions of miracles. Now, I want you to understand something. Most of us here also, we have experienced the gift of the working of miracles in our life at certain places, but we might not have paid attention to it because it didn't look spectacular. Praise God. It didn't look like, wow, this is something the newspapers should report. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Let me tell you one of the easiest, well, I don't know, some people might think it's, Common, but I think 
one of the easiest that I think has also worked in everybody's life. Have you, have you actually, I don't know, well, let me not say, let me put it this way. In my own life, it has worked this way. So I don't know because I don't want people to now misinterpret that. But have you looked for something so much? You looked for it, you looked for it, you looked for it, you looked for it everywhere. You know, I can't find this thing. And then you just pray about it. And for instance, maybe you pray about it and you walk somewhere, maybe on top of your fridge or somewhere, and you just find this thing you're looking for. Okay. Now, you know that I checked this place. I checked it. It was not here. And then you just find the thing lying in a place that looks like, ah, why, why have you been looking for me? I've been here all the time. Have you experienced that? You see, that is a very minute form of the working of miracles. Because it's just a miracle. You know, but no, you don't recognize it because now, no, 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 no. We want the one with the plastic eye. That's the real one. You see, you must learn to grow in your acknowledgement of the grace of God at work in your life. Praise God. Are you following this? Okay. Now, there are five groups of miracles we find in the scripture. Number one, we find the miracles of supply. The miracles of supply. So I'll list them and I'll give you a couple of scriptures. The miracle of what? Supplies. Okay, maybe I should just talk about them, give scriptures, then we'll move to the next one. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 42. How many of you remember the, the widow? The, the oil of the widow. Right? What happened to that oil? It literally multiplied. Now, listen. Listen very carefully. In fact... As I was studying this today, I, I began to say, sometimes in church, we should just come sit, listen, read these stories again, and just think very deeply. Now, think exactly of what happened. Literally, that oil was multiplying as this woman was turning it. It happened. That was a literal miracle of supply. It was the power of God at work in that oil. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 17. You can find that in 2 Kings 4.42. Matthew chapter 14 verse 17. You find Jesus feeding the 5,000. Praise God. You find Jesus. I know how many of you would like to walk on this miracle. You will not go to the market again. It's like fish multiply. Rice multiply. <laughs> but you know what? This is the wisdom. God gives you miracles, but you live by wisdom. Because Elijah now told her, whatever we've multiplied for you, do what? Go and sell. Know how to trade. So a believer does not live by miracles. You can, that's why sometimes we have a lot of problems in church. You can be indebted right now and listening to me, and I speak God's word over you, and that debt is supernaturally paid off and canceled. But the problem is then, then you have to go to for financial classes. All right? You can't depend on miracles every service. It's not what the believer was meant to live on. Now, Matthew chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus multiplied the five loaves and two fishes and fed, you know, 5,000 people and all that. There are two instances that I have read about where it happened. I know of a lady called Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker... 
does mission work in Mozambique. Um, she's still there now. Beautiful, I have one of her books, beautiful, beautiful story of God's miraculous working power. At one time, Heidi Baker needed to feed the children. She takes care of a lot of poor kids in, the, in, in Mozambique, a lot of poor people. She helps there. And then the food was not enough. Then she prayed and they trusted God and everybody ate until everybody was filled and there was food left over. Let me also tell you something. Most of these gifts start working in your life when your priority is the kingdom. When you get into impossible places where the help and the, you know, it is not just multiplying food so that you will not have to work anymore. It is when you get into the mission field, sometimes you find out why is it that you experience more miracles when you go out in the mission field because that's exactly where the power of God is at work. That's what God wants us to use the power for. Praise the name of the Lord. It's not just to sit in church and expect miracle money. It's to get out there in the field where the word and the will of God needs to be exercised. Now, if you read the book by the gentle breeze, by Mel Terry, it talks of the revival that took place. And one of the signs of that revival that took place a lot was that they had multiplication of food by the gentle, by the gentle breeze, by Mel Terry. They had massive multiplication of food. That's one of the gifts of the workings of miracles. One of the gifts of the workings of miracles. Now, that's miracles of supply. This miracle of supply also comes in terms of financial provision. Matthew chapter 10 verse 9, Jesus says, don't take any script, just go. I'm going to provide for you. And in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 27, you know, the miracle of picking up golden coin from the, from the mouth of the fish so they can pay taxes. The miracle of supplies also come financially. One of the persons that have experienced this miracle that I loved his story so much was the man called T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne, um, I mean, T.L. Osborne inspired me a lot. I, uh, the reason T.L. Osborne inspired me, growing up, my dad used to have his magazines. Um, he used to, the magazines used to bear this big title, One Way, One Job. One Way was Jesus, One Job was Soul Winning. So T.L. Osborne used to write a lot about the countries he's gone to preach to and everything. So reading those magazines really just stirred my heart to travel, especially within African continent, because he used to write a lot about African nations where he comes to preach and all that. Now, there was a time T.L. Osborne was going for a crusade and they needed some amount of money. And um, you can find this story in his book called The Good Life by T.L. Osborne. And I think it should be in The Good Life. And um, if you don't find it there, you'll find it in the Bible according to T.L. Osborne, their biography. Any of these two books, you'll find it there. And they were to go for this crusade, and the money was not enough, and they needed money. And T.L. Osborne slept and got up in the morning and literally had money on the floor. Enough to cover the cost of their crusade. That's the working of miracles. I know most of you will like that. Like, God, let it be tonight. <laughs> all right. But this is it. I think that only happened once in all of his over 50 years of ministry. The, you see, so some of these interventions are God's interventions to get us to do the assignment. They are not things that should happen daily. 
So you cannot be having miracle money service every first of the month. Is that okay? All right. So we talk about what? The miracle of supply. The next miracle under the five categories of groups of miracles you find is the miracle of raising the dead. Raising the dead. Now, I am not a medical student, and I'm glad about that. Because uh, I remember when we were doing biology class, they asked us to dissect a rat, a dead rat. I don't know what they wanted us to look for. I don't know what we were learning then. But when we got to that point in the subject, that is when I knew that that subject was not for me. And I was not for that subject. Number one, I don't like rats, whether living or dead. And then number two, I don't think there's anything in a rat that I'm really, really looking for in this life. So that was where I stopped doing biology. But I assume that for someone to be dead, a lot of things would have shut down in their bodies, right? And then for life, to come to that body again, that's not just healing. That's what? That's a miracle. So in John chapter 11, the Bible tells us about Lazarus who was dead for how many days? For four days. Lazarus was dead. And when Jesus spoke, the Bible says he that was dead came out. That means a lot of things would have gone wrong in his body. That's why I said I'm not a medical student. I believe medical students would be able to tell you what has shut down, what has not, but I just know that the person is dead and things will not be working. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, we also find in Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to um, 43, that Dorcas was raised by Peter. So, the raising of the dead is a miracle. But you know the funny thing? How many of you take the Great Commission Seriously, like when the Bible says go into all the world and preach, right? How many of you know that in that commission there is the raising of the dead? Okay. I know you don't know, but now you know. It's right there. Raise the dead. Raising the dead is not something for one big preacher to do. It's for something that every one of us can do. Praise God. But then it doesn't start from the fact that you haven't handled the headache you're feeling. You haven't handled, you haven't thought to pray for the sick. And then straight up, you want to go and raise the dead. Now, this is what will happen. It's not as if the power of God will not be able to raise the dead. Your faith will not be able to activate the power. All right. So, you know, some of these things, I was listening to a message today. I, I don't know which of them I was listening to. I was listening to several messages today. But I think it was Reverend Tokes, who's preaching in Kenya right now. I think he made a statement. He said, if you want to use your faith when something had already happened, you'll discover that the faith is not there. So what do you do as a child of God? Don't wait to be sick before you study healing scriptures. Don't wait to be broke before you start reading prosperity scriptures. 
Don't wait till you want to travel before you start praying about safety. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every day of your life, make a commitment towards the word of God. When should you start confessing about strength in your old age now that you're 20-something or 30-something? Don't wait until you're even struggling to read the verse before you now start saying, my eyes are not dim. No. Immunize yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, this thing is our life. So it's not when somebody is sick. You know, that's why you now find out that a lot of believers do funny things. When somebody is sick, they now bring Bible, put it under the pillow. They carry Bible to, to stone the person. They, it's, it's, it's because it's not there. It's a life that ought to flow from you. Are you following what I'm saying now? It's a life that ought to do what? To flow from you. Now, if you are filled with the word of God, if you find something going wrong, the, your, your instant result will be to speak against it, to take authority over it. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want to, I'm not talking on faith conversion, but I just need to say this. All right? God forbid. It looks like a popular word. All right? It looks like a popular word. When people say things we don't like, we just say God forbid. Right? Now, the truth of the matter is that you need to find a scripture that gives you the assurance of what you're believing for as opposed to what the person has said. So let, let me give you an example. Somebody say, for instance, uh, I'm just giving an example now. Somebody say something about death. Don't just say God forbid. Do you understand? What the word tells you is that with long life, he will satisfy you. That's what you should say. Are you following what I'm saying? God forbid, back to sender is not a faith confession. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, back to sender, I return it back to sender. It is not the confession of God's word. There are promises in the word of God and that is what you should say. Not what you think is right. Not what you think everybody is saying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if something goes wrong and you don't like it, it is not saying back to sender. Whether it came from someone or it came from whatever, get the word of God in your heart. Those are confessions of lazy believers. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So raising the dead. Number three, miracles of judgment. Miracles of judgment. So we find that a lot in the Old Testament. When, uh, when uh, okay, let's say like the 10 plagues in Exodus chapter 7 to 11, when God came to judge um, um, Egypt, okay, and the plagues and all of that, we find that miracle, uh, miracles of judgment. Why? Because they were, they were impacting on nature, changing the course of nature. Unfortunately, this is the one that we really like in the church. That we are not exercising our faith or raising the dead. Okay, let's say this about raising the dead. One of the guys who raised the dead so much was Smith Wigglesworth. I think in his ministry, he raised close to 20, between 25 to 30 dead people. And then another person, I think Archbishop raised about three, three to five dead people um, um, during his lifetime in ministry. But a guy right now who is good with raising the dead is a Mexican missionary by the name of David Hogan. David Hogan and his team in Mexico has raised over 50 to 60 dead people. Amazing man. Amazing man. Amazing guy. I mean, it's, it's almost like it's their hobby to raise the dead. 
He's doing amazing work. All right. Okay. Praise the name of the Lord. These are the things that should stir our hunger in the church. These are the things we should pray towards. These are the things we should spend time reading and meditating on. To fill our hearts with divine consciousness. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, the beautiful thing about this is that after we have taught on all these gifts of the Spirit, is to begin to see these things manifest in our midst. Just begin to see them manifest in your life. That should be your hunger. Don't just close the note. Say, man, ah, pastor can teach. These things are not for teaching. How many of you, how many of you realize that in all the gifts, we are spending less time than we spent when we started verse 1, verse 2, verse 3? Because at the end of the day, these things are for manifestation, Right? He did not say the teaching of the gifts of the Spirit is given to every man with all. He said, no. The what? Manifestation. The manifestation. So we should, this is something we should all press for it to be unveiled in our lives. That the deepest gift that God has placed in our hearts will come out and be of a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. Alright. So we've talked about three miracles, right? Miracles of supply, miracles of raising the dead, miracles of judgment, Miracles of deliverance. Miracles of deliverance. God setting people free. I was really studying the book of Acts today. In Acts 2 3. Chapter 3. Peter was preaching, and then bam, they sent them into the prison. And the Bible says that night the Lord came, rescued them from prison, and said, Go and preach to them the words of this life. And the, the, the jailer came and said, The doors are locked. The guards are there, but the man is not in prison. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. You see, if you start meditating on the miracles that took place in scriptures, you'll be very ashamed of yourself for being scared of witches. You'll be very ashamed. You'll be embarrassed. Ah, ah. You'll be embarrassed. This book is full of the power of God at work in the life of the ordinary believer. Praise the name of the Lord. And you know what? As, as, as a body of Christ, we need to study these things. We need to spend ourselves, immerse ourselves in these things. And listen, not just looking at it from that powerful man of God. That man is going to do it. My pastor is going to do it. No. We look at the perfect law of liberty and say, this is what God expects of us. This is what God is talking to me about. This is the life I need to live. And you just see that gradually confidence and boldness in the things of the spirit and desire in the things of the spirit will start growing in you. You know, I was just thinking today, I was thinking how far sometimes the body of Christ have come in our pursuit of God. I read, I was reading a, a minister in the country today who was talking about when he was growing up, how they'll climb a, a staircase six stories up just to attend a church. That's the venue of the church. There was no fan. I mean, when you climb, I mean, they had to go early because after climbing this, the staircase, six stories, you spend the next 15 minutes just breathing, you know, so you can't just say you were late to church because you're going to spend the next 15 minutes catching your breath. So you need to go at least 20 minutes, 15 minutes so that, you know, by the time you are finished breathing, it's like when they say you are leading prayer in that kind of church, you can't come late, you understand, because by the time you run there and you are, you are panting, you can't, you know, but I, I I mean, sometimes I look, at, I look at us today and I'm like, what, what exactly is the problem? 
Hunger level is zero. People are so busy. They can't find time for God. And the ones that, that, you know, find time for God, they're so distracted. And then you're begging this one, oh, why are you stopping church? Why don't you want to come to church? And then this one is saying, oh, you know, the last time I came, nobody called me. I'm like, how do we get to the point where God can even trust us with his power? When there's no pursuit, when there's no hunger. I, I look at my own life today and I, the things I'm teaching today about the gifts of the Spirit and the examples I'm giving to you, I didn't read them today. These were things I read, I mean, up, upward from secondary school and university days. We're just reading. It wasn't like we felt the call that God was going to use us. No, in fact, it was the things we were reading that began to shape our hearts towards ministry. Praise God. And I really want those of us who listen to this message and are here to have that hunger. I mean, personally, at this, I mean, I know the season will come, the Lord will, will pull that, but right now, the kind of state I am, I'm not ready to beg anybody. That's the truth. Because I ask myself, I can't continue this way. Oh, why don't you want to come to church? Oh, this is, okay, sorry now. Please try, we will change. Yeah, we can't. People are dying. People are waiting for us. God wants to use us to do incredible things. And you know what? The more we distract ourselves with unforgiveness, with offense, with bitterness, the more the power of God can work in our life. How do you think the power of God is going to work in my life towards you when I'm not happy with you? Rather, instead of raising you, I want you dead. Come on. That's the truth. I know we all look innocent, but that's the truth. Are you following what I'm saying? There's got to there's be a heart that pants after God for the release of the miraculous. There's a price for this thing. The price of consecration, the price of focus, the price of test, spending time in prayers before the Lord. Are you following this now? And this is not going to happen when we're all distracted. Because there must be a generation. We can't keep teaching all these things. And they were pointing to others. When our children start teaching these things, who are they going to point to? Are you following what I'm saying? We can't stand every day in the pulpit and keep talking of Catherine Coleman, Myra Woodward, Etta, John G. Lake. I mean, those are the guys that inspired us when we grew up. Those are the guys that are going to inspire our children growing up. I mean, no, no, no. There must be a generation that stands and says, this is that which was spoken by the, prophet Ezekiel, by the prophet Joel. Praise the name of the Lord. So one of the things that this series should do for you is to stir a hunger in your heart. Go read about revivals. Get the like a gentle breeze. Read about Ivan Roberts. Go get the God's General. Read about the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour. Bland guy. Go and read about all those guys. Young guys that God used to change the world. Some of them were black farmers. But when the power of God came upon their life, it was supernaturally different. Saints, God is banking on us. We must, we, you see, never let go of your spiritual hunger. Never let go. Don't let the distractions, the lack, the poverty, the lack of money, don't settle for it. At the end of the day, there are gifts on your inside that God wants to use to bless the world. Amen. All right. Then we have the miracles that overrule nature. The opening of the Red Sea. 
Exodus 14, the breaking of the drought. James 5, 17 to 18, miracles that overrule nature. The miracles that overrule nature. When Jesus told the storm to be still, John, uh, uh, sorry, when Joshua told the sun to stand still, Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 to 14, these are miracles that do what? That overrule nature. Because, I mean, I'm thinking about it. How did the Red Sea part? That's a miracle. I mean, I believe that most of us would drown in a gutter. Not to talk of a Red Sea. Red Sea, bam, we're gone. But that's a miracle. Praise the name of the Lord. And I like this. This, Those are the five. Miracles of supply, raising the dead, miracles of judgment, miracles of deliverance, miracles that overrule nature. But there's one miracle that I like so much. It's separate. But I just like us to read it. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 5. Just like, Lord, if this happens, then we are free from buying clothes for the rest of our life. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 5. Praise God. And I have led you how many years? How many years? 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. Wow. For those of you who like changing clothes every Sunday, and I'm not sure you like this miracle. <laughs> but can you imagine that? Let's think about that. I'm, I'm about to close now, but I want us to meditate on it. Don't rush over it. Don't rush over it. Think, of, think on it. How many of you know that wearing clothes in the wilderness, <laughs> if there's any place clothes should get worn out quickly, it should be where? In the wilderness. What does the Bible say? It says for 40 years, not 40 days. Not 40 days. It says for 40 years in the wilderness, your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. 40 years. That's amazing. This is what I want you to think about as we close. Have you underestimated the power of God in your life? Just think about it. Think about it. You know how somehow we get offended when people don't help us, we get offended when people don't support us, we get offended when nobody's there for us. Is it possible that it is because we really don't trust God? And reading this scripture, I'm asking myself, if God could keep clothes on the back of people for 40 years and keep their sandals for 40 years, what exactly can this God not do? Praise God. I want you to go back home. Read it. Don't read verse 4. Don't read verse 6. Just read verse 5 and sleep on it and think about it. About the power of God sustaining material clothes on the body of individuals for 40 years. Some of you are not 40 years. That means all your life you will not yet have lived this miracle if you were in the wilderness with your parents. The same cloth. 
So what I realize is this. Sometimes the more rational we become, the more we dilute the ability of the power of God. I'll tell you, saints, if there's anything our hearts need to cry out for once again, it's for the power of God. It's for the glory of God to overshadow our walk with God. This thing called Christianity shouldn't just be child, child's play. When we come together, we're coming trusting the Lord to move on our behalf. And thinking about this, and thinking about all this as we're studying, I just began to ask myself, looking back, some of the miracles that we've experienced in our life. And I'm like, why are we not seeing those miracles anymore? Three things. Number one, there's less hunger. There's less hunger. That passion is not there anymore. There's, you know, that hunger. I remember in school, we finished lectures, go to the field, pray throughout the night, just pray, just pray, read these stories and pray. Right now, you read these stories, ah, wow, man, God have used men. Oh, hmm, it's not easy. God has used men. You know, APC just won the election. The country is going to be tough. That hunger is not there. We don't even think God can use us. No, it has to be the prophet. Calabar, it has to be that man of God. Who am I? We don't even, there's no desperation in our heart to say, Lord, let it be me. Number two, we live in a distracted generation. On Facebook, WhatsApp 24 hours. You can be in church and I'm even teaching and you're just in. Someone is talking to you, just distracting you. That's just it. It's not anything anymore. We're distracted. Things bothering our mind. We can't keep silent in our, he- in our heart to meditate on God's word. Those who are not even old enough to be in relationships have broken six relationships. Head is scattered, heart broken. Everywhere, you can't even read God's word. There's nothing there to read. Thinking of this, thinking of that, thinking of this, thinking. Some of us have 20-year plan, 30-year plan, 40. We have, we have even planned after we die. There is a plan. After death. Some of us even have what will be written on our grave. That's how far we have planned. And when I die, they should write this. Brother Jackson Cole. Right, is That's how far we're just not conscious of divine reality. And the third thing, we're not willing to pay the price. The price of consecration. Sin almost looks normal. Right? Can lie easily. It's not a big deal. It's just a lie. Where are you? I'm here. I'm coming. I've entered taxi. You have not even got up from your house. Gradually, your conscience gets deadened. It's okay to cheat here. It's okay to do this. It's okay. And before you know, we've okayed everything. Set our own new format of Christianity. Can't pay the price of consecration. Can't pay the price of, of prayer. Can't pay the price of prayer. 
I know there was a time when people would get together and say, hey, come on, let's go spend the night in church. Let's just pray. No way. No. You know, people are not leaving church because there's no power. People are not leaving church because there's no word. Why are people leaving church? Ah, oh, they're not giving me this. Oh, I'm not getting this. Oh, I'm not getting this. So, if that is not our primary concern, we can't see the power of God. I want to challenge your heart today. I mean, I trust God to use me for our generation, but I might not be the one God will use. It might be some of you listening to me, but you have to pay the price. You have to give yourself to spiritual things. We can't stay at this realm. We can't stay at this realm. We can't stay at this realm where we're afraid of witches, afraid of occults, afraid of all this. You know, I'll tell you something. What happens in the society has a way of affecting the church. At Paraka Church, we do our services five to seven. And there has been a lot of kidnapping in Paracot and all that. So the government banned tricycles. And most of our folks use tricycles. You know what we had to do? We had to start closing service early. Because if we close by seven, then they don't find tricycles and it's a problem. So we must not isolate ourselves from the society. We are the light of the world. We are the ones God is trusting. Let's leave these mundane things. Let's leave this low-level living of anger, lust, sexual perversion, all kinds of things. God is counting on us. There's something higher. We can go for it. It doesn't matter the mistakes we've made in our life. Like, in, like Ketrin Koman would say, God can do it again. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I just pray tonight. That you stir up a holy hunger in our hearts. The Father God, where we have let down our gods, we plan it up again. Where we are satisfied with the natural, you, you stir our heart for the supernatural. Father, don't let us settle for less than you have for us. Not just materially, God, but spiritually. So that once more, we'll be a generation... This is the power of God at work in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 805 888 7575 God bless you